It's lit. Welcome to Tapping with Tay, where health is wealth and you find joy in the journey. Welcome to a space full of healing conversations, authentic, transparent talks, and just real revelation about lifelong lessons that God has given me over time that hopefully you possibly, probably, more than likely can relate to. So this is not only a place that you will listen to me talk and interact with me, but it also requires your participation. So yes, go ahead and grab a notebook and a pen because we are going to live journal. So grab your notebook and pen and let's get ready to tap in. All right, so welcome to Tapping with Tay, where you find that health is wealth and you find joy in the journey. Um, Something that I love about this podcast that God has allowed me to do is actually share what it is that I have done to spend time with God. Um, Originally, when God first... when I first really gave God my yes, the way that me and God connected was through journaling. Um, And a lot of times I feel like the world has kind of put their own twist, their own spin on journaling, affirmations and all these things. But that was really how God spoke to me. And I found even when I was writing my thoughts, my feelings that God would start to minister to me. So I pray that y'all get the same experience here today. I'm super excited about what it is that he's talking about. But mind you, he's switched up some things. So not only are we on Spotify now um, that you can view on our Spotify page, but we're also live on Facebook. So this is our first time going live here on Facebook. I'm super excited about it. Feel free to enter here on um, Facebook. Um, But let's get ourselves ready for the upcoming week. Let's get ourselves, our minds prepared, our minds ready, our heart in the right posture. uh, Because Saturday is really uh, the Sabbath day. It's the day that we are to rest. Um, But it's also that reset before we start the next week. So let's get refueled and let's go ahead and just go into prayer. So Father God, I thank you, oh God. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for a new morning, oh God, a breath of fresh air, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to make it unto another week, oh God. We thank you, Lord, hallelujah, oh God, that you know our names, oh God. You know our identity, oh God, that our identity is intact with you, oh God. Without you and apart from you, oh God, that we are absolutely nothing, oh God. We were created from the dirts of the, uh, the, dirts of the earth, uh, oh God. So Father God, I ask Lord God, that hallelujah, as you spoke our name, hallelujah, it was you calling our name this morning that woke us up this morning. It was your command this morning. It was your breath of fresh air, oh God. It was your ruach, oh God, that woke us up this morning and allowing us to go forth in another day, oh God. So Father God, I ask Lord God that everyone who comes in on this podcast today, oh God, that um, or they hear this podcast or they come on Facebook Live, oh God, that they become refreshed, renewed, and restored, oh God, that not only they wake up this morning because you commanded them, oh God, but they walk into the identity of who you are, oh God, that they no longer, oh God, including myself, oh God, that we no longer walk, oh God, in a misidentity, oh God, not identifying ourselves, oh God, with who you've called us to be, oh God, that we no longer walk in um, in living aimlessly, oh God. Father God, you said without vision, my people perish, oh God, and even, uh, oh God, from a lack of knowledge, we perish, oh God, whether if it be a, knack, a lack of knowledge, oh God, of who 
you are, O oh God, or our lack of knowledge, O oh God, of who we are in you, O oh God. So Father God, I ask, Lord God, that you redeem, restore, renew, O oh God. Father God, I ask, Lord God, that today's podcast, O oh God, today's topic, O oh God, uh, causes them to seek you deeper, O oh God, causes us all to seek you deeper, O oh God, to want to know you deeper, O oh God, because just when we think we know you, O oh God, there, there's more for us to learn about you, O oh God. So we thank you, Lord God, that we have access to your spirit, O oh God. Father God, you said, if I be lifted up, O oh God, you do the drawing of all men, O oh God. So Father God, I ask, Lord God, that you draw them not unto me, O oh God, but unto you, O oh God. Father God, with every journal propped, every question, O oh God. Father God, I ask, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit unction them, O oh God, even as they leave this podcast, O oh God, to want to seek you further, O oh God, to want to know you deeper, O oh God, and want to know, O oh God, what it is you're asking them, O oh God. Build your church, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I do pray. Use me, oh God, as a willing vessel, oh God. I'm on here, oh God, as obedience, oh God, and, and an act of willingness to you, oh God. And it's by your son Jesus' name I do pray. Amen and amen. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, so if you need to look at the journal prompts um, anytime throughout the week, you can always check that out on Facebook. Um, I posted it on the Tapping with Tay page. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram um, on Tapping with Tay. Um, but the journal prompts are also posted. They're really posted on Facebook for right now. Um, but the questions that God had raised to me. And I believe that throughout um, today's podcast, he's going to ask more questions because um, as I was kind of just looking over what all it was that he wanted to talk about today, um, he asked me another question to put on the podcast. But as far as the journal prompts for today, um, there's five questions. Come on, grace and favor. There's five questions I want to ask y'all. Um, the first one being, in your quiet time with God, what does he tell you that you are or who does he tell you that you are in your quiet time with him? The second question is, what are three things you need to stop identifying with? I'll say that again. What are three things you need to stop identifying with? Four or That was two. Sorry, y'all. Three, what is the enemy possibly frustrating you with? that you may be actually called to. I'll say that again. What is the enemy possibly frustrating you with that you may actually be called to? And the fourth question, what old mindset can you replace with the new? Start with the new narrative. I'll say that again. What old mindset can you now replace with the new? Let's start with the new narrative. And the question that he asked as I was praying this morning and I was reviewing things this morning, um, it was what lie did I receive from something that you've already given me authority over? What lie did I receive um, from something or someone, really something that I already have authority over? Amen. So that is the journal prompts. I wanted to give it to you guys first this time. In the previous podcast, I usually give the questions at the very end, but I thought it would be better off this time if I gave it to you in the beginning because it allows your, um, you know, to raise these questions within yourself, what God may be speaking to you about. And we're just going to flow with God. This is a conversation I am not trying to preach. I am not trying to do that today. Sorry, y'all. So we're just going to go ahead and flow with God. But I want you guys to be able to meditate and not only meditate on these questions now, but meditate on these questions throughout the week. So today's topic is the case of the stolen identity. 
dun 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 like I don't know why I like doing that on my podcast dun 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 um because I feel like when I hear the case of the stolen identity it sounds like literally like a mystery and I feel like maybe it is come on God he is the revealer of all mysteries um he was reminding me if we look back at um Daniel when he would have dreams was it Daniel Yes. And he said, I have to go and seek the Lord on this matter. I think it was King Nebuchadnezzar um, who was having dreams. And he was like, I need to know what these dreams mean. And he says, I need to go back and seek God, who is the revealer of all mysteries. So take these questions back to the Lord, um, who is the revealer of all mysteries. So today we're solving a case, the case of the stolen identity. So y'all, um, God has been talking to me about identity. If we can actually go back to March, I went on a um, trip to Houston um, with my mentor and her ministry and our team. Um, We went out to Houston literally on a faith journey with God. I'm not going to get too much into that today, but I do want to double back a little bit because y'all, why two days? No, was it two days? I think it was one day. It was like one or two, it was two days, I think, um, before we were leaving for Houston. And um, it was before we were leaving and I was driving home from work and all of a sudden I hear like, Holy Spirit's like, check your ID. I'm like, oh, when I, when I tell y'all my heart drops when the Holy Spirit was like, check your ID. And I'm like, Lord, please don't tell me my ID expired. Like, please don't tell me there's something wrong with my ID. Like, I just had a birthday in January. It's now March. I'm like, I would have noticed it by then. You know, there's no way there's something wrong with my ID, y'all. And I pull out my ID, y'all. Sure enough, it is expired. It is expired. And I have to fly out in two days with an expired ID. So y'all, I start looking up on um, Google. Of course, you just start Googling like crazy which I really, I was asking God, I was like, no, like, God, what am I supposed to do? So I start Googling and on Google, it's telling me that like, um, the airlines are no longer accepting paper IDs. Like you have to have a hard um, copy. A lot of the states, come on, God, a lot of the states are changing um, the requirements of flying. So some states you're allowed to use paper. Some of them you're not allowed to use paper. Some of them, um, some of the states now, I don't know if y'all notice on your IDs, look, Take this as a signal from the Holy Ghost. If you have not checked your ID, check your ID. If you think you're going to do anything this summer. If you plan on traveling, y'all need to check that expiration date. I will leave it at that. But so looking at, um, I'm looking online and it's like, not only do some places you can't have the paper, some of it you can't have the paper, but now there's a new ID that um, on the top corner, it says, uh, this is, This is not for real ID purposes, but the new IDs that they came out, the new state issued IDs, um, it says this is real. This is like for real ID purposes. And mine said, not only was it expired, y'all, it said this is not for real ID purposes. I'm like, all right. So I'm in a whirlwind of issue here. So I end up going to the DMV and I'm like, all right, I know I'm going to get the paper. And I'm like, you know, what is it that I need to have? Like, I literally fly out in two days. And she was like, there is no guaranteed, um, like, she was like, I think Missouri will let you fly out with the paper. My concern is, you know, Texas is very strict. They may not let you fly back out to come home. I'm like, all right, God, let me find out. You just want me to stay there. Like, No, I'm joking. But I was really like freaking out because I'm like, I did not realize that my ID had expired. 
So I end up, um, you know, getting the printed out version. This is silly, y'all. I still, way finance was looking, money was looking funny, okay? So I was like, I'm not even going to worry about getting, because the, the real ID purposes, come on, God. The real ID purposes, ID, I hope y'all are following me. Um, it was going to be more expensive to get that ID than it was to get just a renewal of an, uh, an ID that wasn't expired. So I said, let's just focus on that right now. I'll worry about the real ID thing later because I should be fine without that ID. That's a whole word, but that's not true. Um, but anywho, so, you know, I'm freaking out. But in that moment that I'm like concerned about my ID and if I'm going to be able to fly out, I'm like, all right, God. I've been praying about this trip. We've been praying. We've been interceding about what it is that you're wanting to do on this trip. So I know that you told me that I'm supposed to go and I'm supposed to be there. So I'm not going to freak out because, God, if I'm not supposed to be there, it's not going to work. And if I am supposed to be there, I will get there. I just trust in what it is you're telling me. Um, but even with the ID um, situation, as I'm going through it, I'm like, I don't know why this feels so prophetic. Like, I feel like this is God literally dealing with me about something deeper than my ID. So end up going to Texas. Everything was fine because like I said, if God tells you that you're supposed to be somewhere or you have to get somewhere, it doesn't matter the restriction, you will still be able to go. So, you know, I go out there and um, I end up coming back, came back from COVID. So I know I was sick. I had COVID um, horribly for like, I was off for like two weeks, y'all. Went out without pay. It was a mess. We're going to get into that another time. Um, but when it came to the situation, I was just so upset because money was even more funnier than what it was <laughs> before I left for Houston. Um, you know, I was still able to go, but um, I was praying, like I'm praying and like, falling asleep because literally COVID was literally trying to hold your girl back. Um, but I remember I just kept singing, you know my name, you know my name. I'm literally like walking around the house. Oh, how he walks with me. And I never really like sing that song, never really listened to it. But I just kept saying, you know, my name, you know, my name, you know, my name. And you guys may be like, you know, where are you going with the case of the stolen identity? Because in that moment, I realized that what it is for God to allow me to go forth in the things of him, um, to go forth in what it is that he's calling me to do or who he just called me to be in general. Um, he knew my name before he put me here on this earth, before anybody could try to change my name, steal my identity. Um, he gave me my name first. And so I knew that in that moment, I needed authority to come over and speak over situations, speak over my circumstances, um, to be able to, um, you know, declare healing over my body. You know, by your stripes, I am healed. This is my identity. You know my name. Um, if greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world, I should be able to speak a thing. You know my name. Um, so God, what is it that you say about me that I can do, um, that I can overcome this challenge? You know, I didn't get paid during COVID. So I'm literally just 
during having COVID, um, I'm literally just walking around the house. You know my name. You know my name. God, reveal to me what my name is in you. Reveal to me who I am in you so I can take authority over these things that are trying to take me out. And so um, I'm just walking around, you know, speaking this. And God started speaking to me about the ID. And I'll just start at the place where you're that my ID was expired because when it comes to our identity in God, in some cases, our identity, our old identity in God has now expired. What do you mean by that, Shantae? If you go back to when you first gave God your yes, and some of you, I pray that this reaches the new in ministry, the new with walking with God, the old saints, the older ones that have been um, walking with God for a while. Um, It doesn't matter if you're fresh into this walk or if you're not. When you first come into God, he says, you know, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he says, all things be passed away. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. You are now a new creature in Christ. And even in the being a new creature in Christ, it's a walk every day. It's a walk daily. So if you think back, um, some of you who have been in this walk for a while, if you look back from when you first got saved and you first gave God your yes, or you gave your life to uh, Christ, if you look at how it is that you were operating in the beginning and where God may be calling you now, two different places. When you first start giving God your yes, um, it's really you go deeper in God. God starts revealing things in you. God starts showing you things um, about who he is. Um, it's more God starts revealing himself to you. Um, so you grow a deeper um, relationship with him because you want to know him deeper. You want to know um, how he talks, how he speaks. You want to hear his voice. You hear everybody saying like, you know, you know, I heard the Lord say, I heard the Lord say, and you get this appetite to like, I want to hear God too. Um, and you just go deeper with God. But one thing that I realized in this whole situation with Houston is that my ID had expired and God was really showing me that that was very prophetic because where he was calling me to go, yes, I was going to a physical location in Houston. Um, and some of you may be thinking about moving. Some may, may be feeling like God's tugging you to move to a different location, but in order for you to move, I don't care if it's moving to a physical place or moving to um, a higher place in God, you have to be willing to let your old ID, your ID has expired. And in order to get to that new place in God, in order to go to that new place in God, you have to now go get a new ID. Because what it is was when I realized that my ID had expired right before I went to Houston, I realized that if I don't get my ID renewed, I'm not going to be able to go. I'm not going to be able to access the land. I'm not going to be able to access what it is that God wants to like wants to give me because I'm not walking in my new identity. Even if you think about an ID, you know, let's just double back a little bit because I'm really not trying to preach, but God got me stirred about this. Um, if we look at, you know, why is it that our ID changes? So for those of you who don't know, I'm 27, um, but... I think the last time I got my ID renewed, I guess that had to be when I was 21. That's more than likely it was when I was 21. And even if I think, let's come out of, um, let's go to this, the let's go to the natural sense, right? I was 21, and when I had to get my ID at 21, what did that mean? 
That means that when I became 21 and I got my new ID, then I was now able to do different things that the 20 year old Tay wasn't allowed to do, that the 18 year old Tay was not allowed to do, the 15, the 16 year old Tay, when I just had a permit, when I just had a license. 21 Tay needed a new, 21 year old Tay needed a new ID. Um, whoever it is that's listening right now, you needed a new ID to be able to go forth in the things that you wanted to do. Um, even when it comes to being, I think even to go get a rental car, you have to be 25 to go rent a car. Um, unless I don't even know, or maybe it's just more expensive. But you need an ID to be able to access things. It's no different in the spiritual realm. And so when I think about who I was at 21, um, I knew who God was. I knew um, that God was real. Um, he made himself known in my life enough to know him. Um, but there's a difference between when you say that God is your Lord and your Savior. Um, and some aspects... I think 21 Tay, can we, can we just be transparent in here? You know, we have transparent healing conversation at 21. I feel like God was, I saw him more as my savior, but not as my Lord. There is a difference. Um, when God is just your savior, you just believe that he came to die on the cross for you and he loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son. You see him from a savior standpoint of like, God just loves me. He loves me. He's always there. You know, we give him credit when we want to give him credit, you know, but when it comes to God being Lord, he completely, you're literally giving your life to him and saying, you know, not my will, your will be done. Uh, it's not how I want things to go. I don't, it's not about how my plans are or who it is that I want to be with or who I want to marry or who I want to go or where I want to go live or where I want to spend the rest of my life or what career I want to go to. I'm literally deciding that now you are Lord. And so when I think about 21 year old Tay, my whole point of saying that is that now at 27, I needed a new ID because 21 Tay and 27 Tay has totally two different perspectives. God is now my Lord. I can say that he's my Lord. And not only is he my Lord, I've seen that when I'm praying and God gives me an unctioning to pray for somebody, to pray for something, I've seen God show up in that area in my life. And God has shown me that I have power and authority. And so what 21 Tay used to think that I have no power, I have no authority, life keeps happening to me, I'm a victim, I'm a victim of my situation, I'm a victim of my circumstance, is way different from the 27-year-old Tay. And 21-year-old Tay cannot go where God is taking me. You may be thinking about age, but the old you can't go where God is trying to take you. And so you need your ID renewed. You need to have a new identity in God. And it's not something um, that you can just go and pick up for yourself. It's actually something that you gain through spending more time with God. And so not only with um, an expired ID, you know, God was showing me how much we really need ID for, um, an identity for, but let's put it in the natural sense. Um, like I said, to have an ID, it allows you to have access to things. Even if you want to go buy a house, what's the first thing that they say to you? Where's your ID? Can I see your license, um, license or drivers, you know, whatever it is that they need in order to open a bank account. I need a, I need to see your ID. Let me look at your ID to see, um, what it is so we can open this account. If you want to go buy a car, 
I need your ID. Can I see your ID? Anything that it is that you need in God, you need your ID. Anything that you need in life, period, you need an ID. Same thing with God. If you want to go in places that you've never been before, if you want to go to places you've never been before, if you want to go to deeper depths and highest heights, like the Lord has promised you. Um. Oh, I was about to say the enemy trying to be funny. It said that uh, my... uh my life just messed up. Um, but even in that you need an ID for everything. And so I had even said to God, you know, I think I had looked up on Google and it said that, um, it said, okay, so listen to this y'all. It was a technicality that you could go, you could still travel out the state with an expired ID for up to one year. And so I could have said, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to renew my license. I'm just going to go off of this old ID for the next year. But what happens if I would have needed something out in Houston or there was an emergency that I needed or um, I needed to go last minute, my car broke down and I needed to go get a new car. And they're like, where's your ID? Oh, well, that ID is expired. I can't take that. It matters that you get a renewal in your new ID. It matters. And so... When God was speaking to me, not only um, about an expired ID, it's just sometimes it's just necessary that we get that renewal in him and not no longer identify, come on, God, who who we were in the old identity. You see, something he reminded me of today. Look, y'all, I ain't going to even talk heavy on that. But, you know, with a certain license, if you don't have a 21 and up license, you can't go buy alcohol, right? And so God was showing me this morning when I was talking to him about it. And you religious folks, y'all booty cheats going to clinch up if I talk about alcohol. But we're going to talk about it. Because God was like, even if you went to go buy alcohol with an ID, let's say that you're 21 and up. And you have a 21 and up license. And you go and you go try to purchase wine. Let's just say wine. And you go try to purchase this and they look at your ID, even though you're 21 and up and your ID says that you are 21 and up and your ID is not expired. I'm talking about you got a fresh ID and it says that you can purchase wine. If the man at the the table, the worker told you at the counter, I'm sorry, I can't give you any wine. I can't serve this to you. And you're like, why? I'm 21 and up I'm just because I can't. You can't have it. What do you do? Would you just say, well, okay, and just go on about your business? Or would you then, or would you fight for the fact that you know that you have access and fight for the fact that you know that you have the identity to match, to be able to get what it is that you know that you can have according to your identity? God was showing me this morning that God has not only renewed a lot of our IDs, but there's things that we now have access to. But as soon as we get a no, as soon as we get um, a rejection, as soon as we get something um, that comes up against our identity, we just buckle down to the enemy. We're just like, all right, well, it's not going to work out for me. Well, it must not be for me. It must not be God. No, fight for what it is that you have access and authority to. Let's talk about, let's say side note about marriage. 
marriage. That is a promise to the children of God. That is something that is owed to you. God said that you should be the lenderer and not the borrower. That is a right. That is something that is attached to your identity that you're allowed to have. You're allowed to be the lenderer and not the borrower. You're not supposed to be a broke busket and disgusted. We serve an abundant God. But if we're living according to our old identity and not according to the newness of who we are, then we're going to miss out on everything that God has. So if you went to go buy something with a 21 and up license and they tell you that you can't have it, then what do you do? Do you buckle down? And you say, oh, well, well, woe is me. I'm not going to be able to have it. I guess it's not for me then. I guess. No. What would you do? You would go back. God told me this morning you will go back. And if need be, you will go tell the law. You would go get the police involved. You would go get a higher authority involved to come back and tell them that they have to dispense something to you. They have to give something to you that belongs to your name. And it's because that you have the access to it. You have the authority with it. And God said that instead of us taking our authority over the things that God said that we know that we can have when the doors don't open or we get the no or we try it and it doesn't look like what God says, we back down instead of going back to God, going back to the law. The word is the law. The word is something that even the earth has to obey to. The word of the Lord, the that is the law. That is even the angels even have to hearken to the word of the Lord. That's what the word says. Because if God said that I can have this and I'm walking in the newness of who I am, then it is mine. And I'm not backing down until you give me what is due. That is a part of walking into your new identity. But if you're unsure, if you're not confident, and who you are in God. If you're not confident in your identity of who you are in God, you will fall for anything. But if you know that God had said, I can have this, he's given me access to this, I have authority in this, I have the right to have these things, then you don't back down. You will go back to your father and tell him, you, you need to show up in this area because the enemy's telling me that I don't have access here and I know that I do. And God will show you what it is that you need to do, whether if it be praise, whether if it be worship, but it's about a knowing of who you are in Christ. And sometimes, I'm sorry, y'all. After prayer, I was really supposed to give y'all scriptures. Um, scripture that he gave me today about this, um, about this word, about the case of the stolen identity is 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 15. I hope y'all got a notebook and pen. Um, if you didn't look at uh, the journaling prompts, the journaling prompts is on the Facebook page. Um, and then Matthew 2, 13 through 23. And we're also coming out of Genesis 3. So um, let's start with Let's start with Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, um, because when God was talking to me about the stolen identity, he started talking about how um, God is like a farmer with us. And a lot of times the reason why we don't know who we are in God is because we don't sit with him long enough. We don't sit with him enough to find out who we are in God. This morning when I was praying, he was just showing me, you know, he's like a farmer. He's someone, he gardens his children. You know, he even says, you know, the um, harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. He gives a lot of references um, about we are the workers of his field. He's always talking about something in relation to farmers. And 
he said he reminded me today that some people don't know their identity and I'm not going to exclude myself. Some of us um, don't know our full identity in God because instead of seeking him further and who we are in him, we seek books, we seek people, we seek out um, resources, we seek out other people's advice. What do they think about us? What do they feel about us? Or, oh, this is how this person was able to get to this level in their life. Let me read a book about how they did it, what they do. But we don't really sit with God long enough to find out who we are in him. And so he gave me 1 Corinthians 3 and 5. And it's about water working and warning. And it says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I'm just going to stop there because it's one planted, one watered, but God gave the increase. And God gave me this because he said, sometimes we seek out other people's advice. Sometimes, you know, God will use people to build you up. That's what we're supposed to do in the kingdom of God. We're supposed to encourage and uplift and bring people into the house and um, get them saved, you know, bring them closer to God. But we can only plant seeds. We can only water the seed that it has been planted, but God gives it the increase. It's really up to God who allows for the increase to actually happen. And so it's somebody can see in you who you are in God. Let's say, for instance, if you're um, called to be an evangelist or someone notices that you're very organized, you're very structured and they're like, hey, I think you're really called to um, serve, to do community outreach. I really think that God is calling you in this. They can only plant the seed or um, they see that you've overcome so much and they tell you, you know, you are an overcomer. They can only plant these seeds. Somebody else can come later and water it, like mentor you, help you, steer you in the right direction. He could bring a pastor in your life to put you in the right direction. But God's the only one who can cause it to increase, to cause it to increase, to be all that God has called you to be. And God was reminding me that some of us don't know who we are because we don't sit with him long enough to get the actual increase. And so when God was speaking to me today, he was just saying, like, we need to sit with him longer. We need to saturate ourselves in him longer because not only do people plant these seeds and they water it, but God will guide you on how to use these things, use these gifts that he's given you to not only use the gifts, but be empowered to do what it is that God has called you to do. You can have the gifts, you can have the ability to do it, but if you don't have the power to work it to actually do the thing and not only work it to produce it, but to actually sustain it, you won't go too far in God. You will always hit only this peak of where you should be in God. But God's like, I want to supersede that. I want to cause it to increase. Increase can be, I want to elevate you. I want to promote you. Or it could be simply that God is like, I want to expand you. I want to, some of you may feel like, I have a business. I'm doing this. It's going pretty well. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can do on your own. That, But God is the only one who can cause it to increase. And that was the second part that he led me to about this scripture that was so good to me. He said, so then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he waters are one and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. 
For we are God's fellows workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed on how he builds it. For no other foundation can be laid than the one which is laid is Jesus Christ. So that is our foundation. And he said, now, if anyone builds on this foundation, now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. What God was showing me is that when we build on him. When we build um, according to what he says about us and we we build not only someone plants and someone adds water, God causes it to increase. But when you build with God, it will sustain, it will maintain anything that you build with God will actually endure. And he was speaking to me about because some of us think that we rely on human wisdom and human knowledge like oh this person's a multimillionaire. let me read this book uh to get my identity to how i can become that how i can become um you know healed in this area how i can do this how i can do that and god's like yeah you can get um you can get wisdom from these things but when the day of fire comes when hardship comes when a storm comes in your life you can build a business on your own wisdom, on your own knowledge or people's advice. But if you don't have my increase over it, if you don't have my foundation in it, when the wind comes and the storms come of life, those things will be tested. And whatever does not sustain the fire will not endure. And God's like, I want you to build in me. I want you to find your identity in me. And that's through spending time with God. Then it says in... um. 3 and 18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in his age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. I'm going to pause there. We have to get to a point where we become like a fool, like a baby again in Christ. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, God, I need you to help me with everything. Because even he takes the foolish things to even confound the wise. So those that think that they built something and they're giving credit to God and God has no parts in it. He's like, I will even cause them to be fools. It says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. And I'm just going to stop there because I just want to encourage you while you sit and spend time with God, like, God, you know my name. It said that before you sent me um, on this earth, you knew my name. Before you put me in my mother's womb, you knew me. So you know my name. I need to know my name. Because even in the Bible, if we look at the Bible, God changed people's names, right? He um, first... Peter's name was Simon Barjona. And he said, I will call you a rock because I'm going to build my church on this foundation because you realize that I'm the Messiah. I'm going to build my church on this foundation. Even um, who else? Come on, God. Jacob. Jacob, he changed his name to Israel. He said, because you've struggled with God and you've seen the face of God and you still overcome. So I'm gonna change your name. So now you're empowered to do the things that God has called you to do. Some of us need to go back to God and say, God, I need a name change. 
I need a name change. The way you change people's names in the Bible, change my name. Uh, Esther. Esther, her name was Hadessa. He changed her name to Esther. You know, some of us need to go through this name change so we can access what it is that we are owed to and that we that belong to us and God. And so you may be thinking of why is it the case of the stolen identity? Because God was talking to me also um, just about Adam and Eve. And he said something so good to me this morning. You know, if you remember that Adam and Eve, they were in the garden. And even as they were in the garden, um, they had access to everything. Let's just talk about Adam for my men that are going to come in here. I don't know. I said men like that. But my men that are going to come in here, you have the authority. If you look at what Adam had, what he possessed before he got his helpmate, God had gave him access to all of the land. He gave them access. There were three rivers that were going into the garden. And so that really represents multiple streams of income. Like there were always going to be multiple that was going to um, flourish that land. There was always going to be something coming into that land, um, e even coming and going to take care of the land that God had given him. And he not only gave him, provided him a land, um, a beautiful garden at that but he had also said, you know, I'm going to give you the authority to name everything that I've created. So you can name a thing because you have that authority. Whatever you see it as, you can identify it, speak to that thing, and that's what it is. And so Adam was in the garden, you know, naming these things. You know, he was walking his in his authority, and he wasn't toiling in God. He wasn't um, toiling and trying to make things happen and do all this hustle culture that we all do, not the, just the men, but we all tend to do this uh, hustle culture. That's not how God had designed us to work. Um, originally with Adam, he said, you know, just tend to this garden. Just make sure it's taken care of and obey me. You'll be good. Uh-uh bug. <laughs> um, but you will be fine. And so what he showed me with Adam was Adam knew he he knew that he had authority but he still needed a helpmate and so you know you know the story god put adam to sleep um and while he put adam to sleep you know he birthed out eve and she was called to be his helpmate but what god had showed me about eve that i found to be so interesting this morning is that eve didn't clearly really know who she was she really didn't know who she was in God. She just knew that she was a part of Adam. Um, but she really needed her new identity. And because of she didn't really know who she was in God, um, the serpent was able to trick her out of what was rightfully hers. If you remember that in the garden, you know, the serpent had said to Eve, you know, it's not that what did he say? I'm going to just refer back to the scripture. Let's go to Genesis 3, 3 and 2. It says, the woman said to the serpent, uh, actually, let's go back, 3 and 1. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. I need y'all to listen to this because this is what happens when you don't know who you are in God. And you, come on, God. Not only did she not know who she was, even though she still didn't know who she was, she still had access. So don't think just because you may not know who you are in God or what your purpose is or what he's called you to do or who you are in him. That doesn't mean that you don't have access. Eve was in the garden. She just didn't know who she was. 
She still had access to the things of God. She still had access to the blessings of God. She still had access to have a husband. She still had access to the fruit of the land. She still had access even to the Lord. They said that the Lord was in the garden with them. That was it. But even though she didn't know who she was, she still had access. But this is what happens when you don't know who you are in God. The serpent said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. The serpent told her, you will certainly, you will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's the thing about the enemy. When you don't know who you are with God, in God, he will come and try to tell you. Thank you, Lord. He will come and try to tell you the truth, but he'll manipulate it. He did reiterate. It's not that you can't have this food you know god said that you can have access to all of this but he twisted it and said god just doesn't want you to know the good and evil he was switching things up to try to make eve confused because eve wasn't so confident in who he was and i'm gonna pause before i even get to adam because something the lord had reminded me of he said that the best time the enemy can steal your identity is when you're in seed form when you're in seed form, what do you mean by in seed form? When you're a babe in Christ, when you don't really know what's going on in your life, you're confused, you're ready to quit, you're ready to tap out, or you just don't know who you are and in God. The easiest way for the enemy to kill something is when it's in seed form. You don't believe me? Let's talk about Jesus. When Jesus was brought uh, to Mary, Mary was pregnant. Joseph had a dream that Herod, the king, was killing off all these kids. Jesus would have been one of them. And God had to give him hindsight. You have to leave this land, flee Egypt, and go to, was it Nazareth? I think um, he had to go to a place to make sure Jesus was taken care of. Because why? If the enemy could kill Jesus when he's just um, a baby, when he's just a seed in his mother's belly, if he could just take out Mary or the moment that he's born, kill him, we would never have a Messiah. It would never grow to be all that God wanted it to be, all that God had called Jesus to be had the enemy had had its way. No different from us. When we're in seed form and we first start walking with God, it's so important that you're around the right people and that you're really honed into God, even if you're not new to this walk in God. That's for the people that are newly walking with God. But even as you are walking in God, we can never get to a point where we think we know everything where we think that we're fine. We don't need to sit down with the Lord much anymore. We don't have to get in the word. We don't have to pray. We don't have to intercede as much anymore. We don't have to tarry. We don't have to, because the best thing for the enemy, that's why he says a haughty heart call, comes before a fall. Pride comes before a fall. It's because when we become prideful and we think that we're still not, he said, always come to me like a child so that you may learn from me. And when we get to this place of thinking that we can do it all by ourselves, the enemy tries to kill whatever's in seed form. Even when God plants into you, thank you, Lord, a revelation about what it is that he's calling you to do, what it is that he wants you to do. The quickest way for the enemy to steal is when you first get that revelation. That's why we have to also be mindful. This is when you know, come on, God. 
when you know who you are in God, when God deposits something in you, I don't care if it's a dream, if it's an idea, a revelation of what it is that he's called you to do. When he drops that in your spirit, it's because he knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows that you'll get it done. He knows that you'll produce it. But sometimes when we get these revelations, we're so quick to go run and like talk and tell everybody. And the enemy is paying attention. Sometimes it's not meant for us to go tell everybody what it is that you're you're supposed to be doing, that you know that you're called to do. Just be like Nike and just do it. Just go get it done. God is waiting on us. But the quickest way, the easiest way for God or for the enemy to try to kill something is when it's in seed form. Eve was just birthed out of Adam's womb. She was still in seed form. All she knew was that she was Adam's helpmate. And that was it. She knew she came from Adam, his rib. That was it. But she didn't know who she was in God. If you even look at the scripture, she didn't even come. Come, come on, Holy Ghost. I love when God start flowing. She hadn't even gotten her name changed yet. All she was at that moment was a woman. If you look back to Adam too, it said, the man said, this is now bone to my bone and flesh to my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of a man. How many of us can say women in here that we can only identify the fact that we are a woman, that we're a woman. We know that we're supposed to have kids, supposed to get married supposedly eventually have wifely duties if not already we know that you know the task that's expected of a woman but we still need to know more than that we need to know who we are in God that's all Eve knew was that he said that we should be fruitful and multiply so we should produce in this land and I'm supposed to be his helpmate and I'm a woman and that's it how many of us just know that we're just a woman and that's it? How many, of, how many of us are just like Adam? Know that you have authority and I don't care, men, men are women. We're all men in God. But it's like, even with Adam, it's like all he knew was that he, ha he had authority. He knew he had authority. How many of us know that we have authority, but we don't use it? And why do I say that is because not only was the, was, mm, sorry, y'all just burped. How many of us know that even with God or not with God, with the enemy that had, was able to trick Eve and was able to kill it, something at a seed form, not only did it kill something at a seed form, it even went back to Adam Adam must not have fully recognized who he was. And why do I say that? Because Adam was able to be deceived. And something that God had said to me today, he said, how are you going to let someone or something tell you a lie and you receive it when you have authority over that thing? How is something that you have authority over going to tell you who you are in him. How? I want you to really think about that because when God said that this morning, it really made me think because let me tell y'all something. New saints, old saints, it doesn't even matter. When you start walking in your identity, what God 
already know the enemy is going to be on your tail. But what's important to know is that Adam was already told that he has dominion and authority over everything in this garden. God had to show me that not only he had authority, he named these things. So the serpent, the snake, God had told him, name that thing, name it what it is, identify what it is. So how is it that you have an author- you have authority over everything in this land, including this serpent, but you received a lie from that thing? God was like, some of us are receiving lies of the enemy telling us that we're not good enough, we'll never make it, the business will never flourish, you'll never be all that God has called you to be, things will always look like how it's looking, you've been fighting this fight for so long, things still look the same, Still, st- things are still looking chaotic. Why are you receiving something from something that you have authority over? Even having conversations with people, we have to be careful to guard our ear gates in this season, in this hour, when God tells you who you are, because the enemy is going to be on your trail and he can use anybody. And it's not that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God and pulling down strongholds. My, my problem is not with the person, but someone can come and give you doubt. They can try to feed you fear. They can try to feed you anxiety. They can try to, um, cause a depression to come up upon you. People can try to bring you these things. They could try to bring you chaos, but you have to remember, I already have authority over this thing. It doesn't have to be a serpent or a snake coming to tell you, you already have authority over fear. How many times when we become fearful or doubtful, we're able to identify that's just doubt, but we still listen to it anyway. We can identify that that's just fear talking. That's just anxiety talking. But we can identify it, but we don't take authority over it. Had Adam in that moment remembered who he was, that hold up, I was here first. (laughs) I was here before the snake came and I have authority over this thing. I have authority over this snake that's trying to feed me a lie. How am I receiving something from something or someone that I have authority over? I have authority over that thing. We have to be mindful that when you know who you are in God, You will take captive every thought. It says um, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in the pulling down of strongholds and that we can take every thought captive and make it obey the thoughts of Christ, the word of the Lord. We can make it obey. We make it subject to obey the thoughts of Christ. And so we have to remember that in this moment that we have authority over these things, but you have to remember who you are in God. So let me ask you, who stole your identity? Who or what that you had authority over stole your identity? And it doesn't matter at what point of your walk. I don't know if it was when hardship came in your life, when you were going through family issues, family struggles, when you were going through hard times, financial hardships, marital problems. It doesn't matter who or what stole your identity because nine times out of 10, whatever stole your identity, you have authority over. But the only way that you can walk in your authority is that you know who you are in God. If you don't know who you are in God, go seek him on it. Go ask him about it. Remind the Lord, you know my name. When Eve in this moment, like I had said before, she only knew that she was a woman and she fell because that's all she knew about herself. Some of us only know that 
okay, well, I just know that I'm good at this. I know that I do well at this. I know that I enjoy speaking. I know that I enjoy crafting things, creating things. I know that I enjoy, I actually enjoy encouraging people. I actually enjoy dancing, but you don't know your name. You don't know who you are in God. You don't know that. And so we have to go back and ask God for our name. What do you call me? Who do you say that I am? Because all it takes is a word from God. You don't need affirmation of other people when you have just one word from God. It was one command from God to Peter, from Jesus to Peter, that caused him to walk on water. Because he said, if you command me to come, if you say I can, I will go. If you say that I have the identity, I have the access, I know that I can do it. It's about a surety and a confidence. And so some of us are like Eve in seed form, are like Adam in seed form, and not knowing our name. Because it was after their fall that the Lord had said to the both of them, he said, I believe it's in Genesis 3, Here's the thing. Come on, God. When you don't know who you are in God, what happened when they fell? They hid from God. And some of us, when we have failed, because the difference between us and Adam and Eve is that we have grace. We have Jesus Christ. They were cursed at that moment. There was no repent. No. Evil has now entered this world because you did not obey the one thing that I told you not to do. But it was deeper than them doing something. Some of us may feel like we're struggling to stop doing a certain thing. Like, God, I really want to give this thing up. I really want to stop doing it. I know you're telling me not to. But it's always at the root of a matter that causes a fall. Get to the root. Because nine times out of ten, it's because you don't know who you are in God. Or you don't have the knowledge to overcome that thing. What No matter what it is, it says my people, the word says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. If you don't know how to overcome a thing, if you don't know the word to overcome that thing, if you don't know who you are to be able to overcome, you're not able to overcome it. So you have to spend time with God. But even Eve being at seed form, sorry, y'all, God's taking me a different route. But even with her being at seed form, it wasn't until the, the fall is that when the Lord revealed, he said, um, he cursed both of them. But it is when he said, let me go down here. He said, after that point of the fall, Adam then named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. Eve didn't even have a name before that moment of her fall. Eve didn't even know who she was. All she knew was that she came from Adam. She didn't know her identity, that she would be the mother of all things, where she could be able to operate in that identity of who she was. And when you don't walk in that identity, here comes a fall. Because the enemy will always try to destroy something that's just at seed form. So I want to ask y'all today, who stole your identity? And it's And because not only... When it comes to someone or something stealing your identity. So when you get your identity from God and you know who you are in God, you are to protect who you are in God. I was, it's so funny, Rena on here. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I was actually watching The Incredibles 
y'all y'all are like that is hilarious i was watching the incredibles and what's really funny about watching the incredibles is that um i was like cooking and for some reason um i have to tell darina after this well darina came to mind and it was about a baby that was that was first what came to mind why i had to watch the incredibles because i was like lord what are you talking about but he's talking about how the baby had multiple powers like had multiple powers the baby that they had baby jack jack and so I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And it was so interesting because when I was watching it, there was a scene of The Incredibles where the kids wanted to know how to work in their powers. They wanted to know how to use their powers. They wanted to be out, be able to go and be a superhero. And their mom had told them, you know, put on your mask. Come on, God. Told, him to, told um, the daughter and the son, put on your mask. And they were like, we don't want to wear the mask. And she was like, no, because this will protect your secret identity. This will protect you. Put it on. And she said, because you want to protect it because there are people out there. They were in a cave. Come on, God. They were in a cave at the time. And she said, because there are people out there that will try to kill you. They will try to destroy who you are. And they will try to destroy you if you don't know who you are. So you have to put this mask on to protect your identity. And when I was watching this, I was like, this is so prophetic because when we're sitting in a place with God and you sit still with God, God will tell you who you are. He will use other people to confirm who you are and you can get confirmation from people, but you have to know who you are because God told you who you are. But now when God tells you who you are, you have to protect who you are. You have to guard that thing. When I just thought about the mask, God was like, that's the helmet of salvation that we're supposed to put on the full armor of God. The helmet outside. Come on, God. The helmet of salvation to cover our thoughts, to cover our mind. Not only does the helmet cover our head, it covers our ears. Some of us need to watch the conversations that we hear and guard your ear gates. Ask God, okay, now that you told me who I am, guard my ear gates. Whether people want to receive who I am or not, guard it. Because I know that there's going to be opposition out there. There's going to be an enemy out there that's going to want to take out my identity, who I am, that wants to take me out. So when she was telling them, put the mask on, now you have to protect it. When God tells you who you are, protect that thing. When God reminds you who you are in him, the authority, the access that you have in him, protect that thing with everything that you have. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. You don't let people come for your heart. You don't let people come for um, who God, what God planted in your heart. He said, thy word I've hidden thy heart so I may not sin against you. I have to hide that word in my heart that you told me and now I have to guard it. I have to hold it close to me. And if God don't tell me I'm supposed to tell this person this, this, and that, then I don't need to tell this person this, this, and that. I have to guard it. And even when the enemy tries to come for my heart, tries to come for who I am, I have to guard it. I have to know that I know this is what the Lord said about me. We put on the shoes of peace to stand firm in what God has said, putting on the sword of the spirit, wearing the shield of faith, of knowing what God has told you to do, who he's called you to be. You have to know your identity, but not only know it, you have to protect it. Because when it comes to the stolen identity, it makes me think of even, you know, this being the case of the stolen identity and mysteries. I saw on TV, I don't know y'all seen these ads where there were people who um, there were people who their identity had been stolen 
And when their identity was stolen, people started to, uh, they were opening up bank accounts in people's names. They were uh, taking out mortgages. They were um, taking out all these credit cards. They were doing so many fraudulent things. That's what the enemy does when he steals your identity. He starts doing all these fraudulent things. He starts doing all these things to create turmoil and chaos. We have to protect our identity. And so we have to be mindful that whatever the enemy tries to use to take your identity, you already have authority over it. If it's fear, you already have authority over it. If it's doubt, you already have authority over it. When the serpent tried to tell them to do something different in the garden, they had to realize, I have authority. It, Adam needed to realize in that moment, why am I talking to something that I have authority over? Why is it that I'm hearing lies in my ear, the enemy's whispering lies and um, deception in my ear, making me doubt, making me worry, making me anxious? Why am I listening to something that I have authority over? If Adam and Eve wouldn't have listened to something that they had authority over, they wouldn't have found them, themselves in the place that they were in. And so... That leads me to, I'm not going to go deep into it, but originally when God had started talking to me about, you know, my name, he was talking to me, um, about Cinderella. Yeah. Y'all why he giving me all these our cartoons. I don't know, but he was talking to me about Cinderella and something about the entire movie, um, that really got me was that she was always like hidden and, you know, she was reserved and she stayed to herself and she would sing this song in my own little chair. And she was basically saying, when I'm in my own little chair, I can be whoever I want to be. She was like, um, she was giving all these different examples. Like when I'm in my own little chair, I see myself as um, a crime stopper. I see myself as a huntsman. I see myself as a royal princess. Like, why I have to do the move. I don't know. Um, but she saw herself being all these things. And that song in my own little chair, it just reminds me of like when we sit with God and we get in this place where we're sitting with God and he reveals to us who all that we can be and that you can be whoever you want to be and not whoever we want to be, whoever he's called us to be. Um, but when she tried to go outside of that space to be who God wanted her to be, her mom, you know, her family would come up against her and she would become um, fearful and she would go back to her own little chair. And something that really stood out to me as well is that the fairy godmother showed up and was like, you know, if you want to get out of here, Cinderella, you're going to have to do it yourself. <clears throat> and how many of us can really relate to that? Um, and God was basically like the fairy, fairy godmother. <coughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Give me a second. Allergies. <coughs> the fairy godmother represented God. And uh, <coughs> she, she told Cinderella, if you want to get out of here, you're going to have to do it yourself. And meaning that, like, you have to believe in yourself enough. <coughs> I'm sorry, y'all. You have to believe in yourself enough and believe in who God has called you to be. <coughs> Come on, Lord. <clears throat> you have to believe in yourself enough to come out of this place. 
to come out of this place of hiding, to come out of this place of feeling like you're not enough, that you're not good enough, that you are, um, not only are you allowed to go to the ball, but you have the authority to go. If I tell you that you can go, you can go. If you want to get out of here, you got to do it yourself. And it really required her to believe in like the song that they kept singing was impossible. And how many of us know really that God is the God of impossible? Um, but she just kept saying, you know, what the world, the, she called them zanies and fools. Um, what they think is impossible is actually possible. Um, but it required for her to believe. She had to really believe in herself. And, you know, last but not least, she also wore a mask. And um, I asked God, I was like, okay, I get that you had me watch this. But at the same time, it's like, why is it the whole movie no one could identify who this woman was. You know, why could no one identify that this was Cinderella? She looked the exact same. And actually, in the movie, she didn't even have on the mask. Like, I was watching uh, the Cinderella with Brandy in it. And uh, I was like, she didn't even have a mask at the ball. How did they not even recognize her? And he said because when her garments had changed from filthy rags to the garment of the beautiful dress, the beautiful ball gown, the makeup and everything from head to toe. If you remember the movie, when things, um, when she got dressed in her new garment, come on God, she did like a whole spin. Like she did this whole twirl and everything from head to toe changed about her. Um, but when she went to the ball, because of her garment changed, her mindset changed. Um, and a lot of times God, wants to do um, a changing of our garments spiritually. And when he does that garment spiritually, he wants our minds to line up with that thing. You know, they didn't recognize Cinderella, not because her dress was different, not because her hair was different or she had makeup on. She looked the exact same, but it was the way she operated that was so different. Even her mom said at the ball, she was like, Something vaguely is familiar about her, but her mom could not even recognize her. Your enemy won't even, your enemies won't even be able to recognize you when you step out and believe in who God said that you are. When, he, when you actually believe that all things are possible, when you actually believe that he, when he tells you, you have the authority to do something, you have the access, you have the green light to do it, um, your whole mindset changes and your enemy is not even going to be able to recognize you nor hinder you. And, but in that moment, in the first go around, she did allow the enemy to hinder her. Um, it was when, come on God, it was when her mom saw that, like, hold on, is that like, she was getting close. And that's when Brandy had left and she was like, I gotta go. You know, she ran off and she ended up leaving, uh, Cinderella ended up leaving the ball. And, um, her garment had went back to a rag. And the second go around, when her husband ended up showing up, um, Cinderella, he started to identify her. Um, well, he didn't identify her. We can go so deep with this Cinderella story. Um, he took her shoe because, you know, she had ended up losing her shoe at the ball. She had ended up losing a piece. Um, she had lost her identity. Come on. Sorry, y'all. God, this is God be flowing. So I'm just receiving what he's saying at the same time. Okay. Um, she lost her identity. When her shoe, her slipper had fell off, she had lost her identity because the clock was striking. 
12. She did have to leave by a certain time, but she didn't know that it was time for her to go. What really happened was that she ran because she became fearful. She became um, worried. It was when she saw her mom is that she ran and that's how she lost her shoe. And sometimes in moments of fear, in moments of doubt, in moments of worry and anxiety, we run and we end up losing our identity. And what's really interesting about the story is that, you know, the prince ended up taking the shoe and going around all the land trying to find who this woman was because she lost her identity and nobody could fit that shoe because it was meant for just her. Um, There are certain things that we left behind that God told us to do, told us that we could have, told us all that we could be, but in fear and in doubt and in worry and anxiety or busybodiness um, or taking control over our own lives, our own situation, we lost our identity. And now there's other people trying to wear your shoe, wear your identity, but you have to know that you know that you know that when you have an identity in God, nobody can fill that shoe but you. Nobody can do you like you can. No one can do the thing that God is calling you to do like you can do it. Um, And so it was so funny that everyone tried to put on this shoe. Like they even tried to squeeze their foot into the shoe and they just could not do it. And it was a requirement that Cinderella came forward. Cinderella knew. My God, Cinderella knew that the prince was going around trying to put her shoe on everybody. Cinderella was aware of that. Um, But Cinderella just couldn't go and step out and just get in the shoe. She had to come back into her identity of who she was, of Cinderella, to be able to put that shoe on. It was an identity thing. It was an identity thing um, for her to be able to go into the palace because she could not go as the old Cinderella. She could not go um, in her old um, mindset. She could not go there. She was about to be put in an entirely different position. Um, So it was a requirement for her um, to be able to go and, you know, be all that God had called her to be, be all that who her husband, who the kingdom, Jesus, be all that the kingdom required her to be, all that the kingdom of God is requiring for you to be. Um, So know your identity and when you get it, protect it. And when you get it, even in that moment, I think her mom fainted because <laughs> her mom was her enemy. And so was, you know, her sisters or whatever. And um, they fainted and they were so jealous, but it didn't even matter because she wore that shoe and she wore it well. And she was like, I know who I am now. I can go. I can go. And here's the thing. When you believe that God can do it, he'll give you everything that you need to be able to get there. I'll say that again. When you believe that who you are in God, God will provide you everything that you need to get there. When Cinderella started to realize who she was in God, or I keep saying God because that's how God gave it to me, but when Cinderella realized that she could go to the ball, that she could do the impossible, then the godmother provided her out of a pumpkin transportation to get where she needed to be 
he um the godmother provided her the dress provided her the hair provided her everything that she needed to be who it was that she wanted to be who she needed to be and when you believe in your identity and who you are in god and you become secure in that thing you'll i'm sorry y'all god is flowing okay i'm sorry when you believe that god, that you are who you are in god you'll know that you're secure in your identity because everything you need will start showing up if you're like i i, I feel like i know if you don't have everything you need god said he's a good shepherd we like nothing when you know that you're secure in that thing and who you are in him the things that he is going that he needs you to have to get where you're supposed to go it will start showing up when she was secure in who she was in god her pumpkin carriage came up he took mice and caused them to be horsemen caused them to be her servants when you become secure in god everything you need will start showing up because he's going to make sure that you get there. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. Because his word says all things are possible to those who believe. And a part of believing in God and having faith in God is believing in who you are in God. To call you to do the impossible, to do the impossible things. So some of you may have gotten confirmation today. Maybe I've gotten confirmation and um, confirmation from other people. People have told you who you are. People have encouraged you. People have pushed you. But like 1 Corinthians 3 said, you know, one may plant another waters, but God causes it to increase. Sit with God so God can increase you. And it's not increasing things. Increase you. Increase you. So this was the case of the stolen identity. So make sure you go back and um, meditate on this word. Even go back and um, journal on these questions throughout the week. Um, this is not something that's meant for you to hear today and just, all right, that's it. <laughs> like, you know, it's something that uh, you definitely want to go back and um, sit with God on it. Because I know that I'm going to even the more. Um, but you need your ID. And some of us need just an ID period. Some of us are out here, you know, driving with no license. I'm sorry, God's just flowing. Some of us are out here driving with no license. Oh my gosh, that is a word. Some of us are out here driving with no license. Like you're allowed to do it. You have the ability to do it. You have the ability to drive. But you have no authority. If you get pulled over, if you get pulled over, you're going to jail. If you get pulled over, you're going to jail. You will not be able to sustain that. They pull you over. They come try to take your car. They do not care. Like, you will be dropped off your insurance and some more. Like, if you don't have the authority to go to these places, you will not stay there. You will not stay there. If you think that you can go without God in this season... Without your name change, without your identity in God, you are sadly mistaken. It is no different than having the ability to drive and you have no authority to be driving. 
because you don't have an ID. How you how you wait from outside the club? You can't even get in. Like, <laughs> you ain't got no ID. How are you supposed to get in here? You can't get in here. You can sneak in here, but a bouncer will find you as you pull out your ID and you will be kicked out. Like, I'm just saying because... It, it's even in ministry, you know, some of some people are doing stuff because they have the ability to do it. And God gave you no authority to do this. Like, I'm not on here because I want to be on here. I'm on here because God told me I have the authority to do so. I can do it. I can speak confidently. I can do it. I can be on here. And that's not cocky. That's not prideful. That's confident in my God. And my God. I had to make sure the podcast heard me. That's just the confidence that you have to have. If God tells you, you can go, you can go. Um, but you need the authority. You need the ID to be able to go. When you go get on, before you board a plane, they want a boarding pass and they want to see your ID. You ain't got that. You ain't getting on this plane. And if you somehow snuck on this plane and got over there, you, you're not going to be able to return. <laughs> we just got to be mindful. Got to be mindful. So this was the case of the stolen identity. I pray um, the mystery was solved today um, on what you need to seek God out, what we all need to be seeking God out for more. I think I covered everything. So in my prophet grant voice, I am complete. I actually love this. This is my first time, especially doing it outside. It was really peaceful and doing it live. Um, but thank y'all for tuning in. Just review the five questions again. First one, in your quiet time, this is something to journal about. In your quiet time with God, who does he tell you that you are? Second one, what are three things you need to stop identifying with? Three, what is the enemy possibly frustrating you with that you may be actually called to? Four, what old mindset can you replace with the new? Start with the new narrative. And five, for grace and favor. What lie did you receive from something or someone that you already have authority over? I love y'all. Happy Saturday. I pray you guys have a blessed week and go find your missing identity. Or if not, just claim your authority with your new one. And I love y'all and I'll see y'all next time.